Hello, everyone. I hope you're faring well. It's the eighth day of June, and how inspiring it is to be with those who are serious about a daily partaking of God's Word. My name is David McAdam. I'm pastor and Bible teacher at New Life Community Church in Concord, Massachusetts, and this is the One Year Bible Tour Guide. We're making our way through the Bible and are now in our 11th Old Testament book, the book of 1 Kings, and the fifth book in the New Testament, the book of Acts. We are gaining an understanding of the Bible's meta-narrative as God's promises and purposes are revealed in the Old Testament and most completely come to fulfillment in the New Testament. Throughout the Bible, we are reminded of the importance of having that right disposition before God, a mental attitude of humility and an eagerness to execute God's will. We don't want to be hearers of the Word only, we want to be doers. We don't only want to be informed by the Word of God, but we want to be transformed by its power. The Lord Jesus Himself promises to reward the obedience of faith with the assurance of the divine origin of His self-revelation. Jesus explains in John chapter 7, verse 17, If anyone is willing to do His will, he will know of the teaching, whether it is of God or whether I speak from Myself. The Lord says this in the book of Isaiah, To this one I will look, to him who is humble and contrite of spirit and who trembles at my word. So, Father, I pray that we would have this demeanor ourselves, humbling our hearts before you. Give us a greater apprehension of your glory that we might be discerning word tremblers. In Jesus' name. In the Old Testament today, we will learn how Solomon was granted wisdom beyond himself. In the New Testament, we will see in the Acts of the Apostles how one greater than Solomon has been enthroned and is empowering his church to testify of a greater kingdom that promises to transform its subjects to the glorious likeness of the king himself and call them to participate in his reign. Today in the book of Psalms, we will continue our journey singing the next of the 15 Songs of Ascents, otherwise known as the Songs of Degrees, sung by pilgrims on their way up to the center of worship on Mount Zion, which is Jerusalem. Today we'll be reading Psalm 126, which praises God for His faithfulness to restore what was lost due to our unfaithfulness, and how when we experience God's amazing grace, we are filled with wonder and are like those who dream. And of course, we will draw from the Bible's treasure chest of wisdom as we know a proverb a day keeps foolishness away. So now that you know what's on our itinerary, let's go to the first stop, which is the book of 1 Kings, beginning with chapter 3, verse 3. 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 3, and I'm reading from the English Standard Version. Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statutes of David his father, only he sacrificed and made offerings at the high places. And the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the great high place. Solomon used to offer a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask what I shall give you. And Solomon said, You have shown great and steadfast love to your servant David my father, because he walked before you in faithfulness, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart towards you. And you have kept for him this great and steadfast love, and have given him a son to sit on his throne this day. And now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of David my father, although I am but a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in. And your servant is in the midst of your people, whom you have chosen, a great people, 
too many to be numbered or counted for multitude. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people, that I may discern between good and evil, for who is able to govern this, your great people? It pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this. And God said to him, Because you have asked this, and have not asked for yourself long life or riches or the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right, behold, I now do according to your word. Behold, I give you a wise and discerning mind, so that none like you has been seen before you, and none like you shall arise after you. I give you also what you have not asked, both riches and honor, so that no other king shall compare with you all your days. And if you walk in my ways, keeping my statutes and my commandments, as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days. And Solomon awoke, and behold, it was a dream. Then he came to Jerusalem, and stood before the ark of the covenant of the Lord, and offered up burnt offerings and peace offerings, and made a feast for all his servants. Then two prostitutes came to the king and stood before him. The one woman said, O my Lord, this woman and I live in the same house, and I gave birth to a child while she was still in the house. Then on the third day after I gave birth, this woman also gave birth, and we were alone. There was no one else with us in the house. Only we two were in the house. And this woman's son died in the night because she lay on him. And she arose at midnight and took my son from beside me while your servant slept and laid him at her breast and laid her dead son at my breast. When I rose in the morning to nurse my child, behold, he was dead. But when I looked at him closely in the morning, behold, he was not the child that I had borne. But the other woman said, No, the living child is mine, and the dead child is yours. The first said, No, the dead child is yours, and the living child is mine. Thus they spoke before the king. Then the king said, The one says, This is my son that is alive, and your son is dead. And the other says, No, but your son is dead, and my son is the living one. And the king said, Bring me a sword. So a sword was brought before the king. And the king said, Divide the living child in two, and give half to the one and half to the other. Then the woman whose son was alive said to the king, because her heart yearned for her son, O my lord, give her the living child, and by no means put him to death. But the other said, He shall be neither mine nor yours. Divide him. Then the king answered and said, Give the living child to the first woman, and by no means put him to death. She is his mother." And all Israel heard of the judgment that the king had rendered, and they stood in awe of the king, because they perceived that the wisdom of God was in him to do justice. Chapter 4 King Solomon was king over all Israel, and these were his high officials. Azariah the son of Zadok was the priest. Elihoref and Ahijah the sons of Shisha were secretaries. Jehoshaphat the son of Ahilud was recorder. Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, was in command of the army. Zadok and Abiathar were priests. Azariah, the son of Nathan, was over the officers. Zabad, the son of Nathan, was priest and king's friend. Ahishar was in charge of the palace, and Adoniram, the son of Abda, was in charge of forced labor. Solomon had twelve officers over all Israel who provided food for the king and his household. 
Each man had to make provision for one month in the year. These were their names, Ben-Hur in the hill country of Ephraim, Ben-Decker in Makaz, Shaalbim, Beth-Shemesh, and Elon-Beth-Hanan. Ben-Hesed in Aruboth, to him belonged Soko and all the land of Hefer. Ben-Abinadab in all Naphath-Dor, he had Naphtoth, the daughter of Solomon, as his wife. Baana, the son of Alilud, in Taanach, Megiddo, and all Beth-Shean, that is beside Zarathan, below Jezreel. And from Beth-Shean to Abel-Moholah, as far as the other side of Jachmiam. Ben-Geber, in Ramoth-Gilead, he had the villages of Jair, the son of Manasseh, which are in Gilead and he had the region of Argob, which is in Bashan, sixty great cities with walls and bronze bars, Ahinadab the son of Iddo in Mahanaim, Ahimaaz in Naphtali, he had taken Basimoth, the daughter of Solomon, as his wife, Baana the son of Hushai in Asher and Bealoth, Jehoshaphat the son of Parua in Issachar, Shimai the son of Elah in Benjamin, Geber the son of Uri in the land of Gilead, the country of Sihon, king of the Amorites, and of Og, king of Bashan. And there was one governor who was over the land. Judah and Israel were as many as the sand by the sea. They ate and drank and were happy. Solomon ruled over all the kingdoms from the Euphrates to the land of the Philistines and to the border of Egypt. They brought tribute and served Solomon all the days of his life. Solomon's provision for one day was thirty cores of fine flour and sixty cores of meal, ten fat oxen and twenty pasture-fed cattle, a hundred sheep besides steer, gazelles, roebucks, and fattened fowl, for he had dominion over all the region west of the Euphrates, from Tifsa to Gaza, over all the kings west of the Euphrates. And he had peace on all sides around him. And Judah and Israel lived in safety, from Dan even to Beersheba, every man under his vine and under his fig tree, all the days of Solomon. Solomon also had forty thousand stalls of horses for his chariots, and twelve thousand horsemen. And those officers supplied provisions for King Solomon and for all who came to King Solomon's table, each one in his month. They let nothing be lacking. Barley also and straw for the horses and swift steeds they brought to the place where it was required, each according to his duty. And God gave Solomon wisdom and understanding beyond measure, and breadth of mind like the sand on the seashore, so that Solomon's wisdom surpassed the wisdom of all the people of the east and all the wisdom of Egypt. For he was wiser than all other men, wiser than Ethan, the Ezrahite, and Heman, Kalkal, and Darda, the sons of Mahol, and his fame was in all the surrounding nations. He also spoke three thousand proverbs, and his songs were one thousand and five. He spoke of trees, from the cedar that is in Lebanon, to the hyssop that grows out of the wall. He spoke also of beasts and of birds and of reptiles and of fish. And people of all nations came to hear the wisdom of Solomon and from all the kings of the earth who had heard of his wisdom. 
And this concludes our reading from the Old Testament book of 1 Kings. Let's take a few moments to review and reflect. Solomon goes to Gibeon, the most important high place, to worship the Lord. He offers 10,000 burnt offerings. While he is there, during the night, he has a dream in which the Lord appears to him and gives him this gracious invitation to ask him for whatever he wants. Ask for whatever you want me to give you. 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 5. This is the invitation that God gives those who are rightly related to him by faith in his Son, the greater Solomon, the Lord Jesus Christ. God encourages us to make our requests known to him in Jesus' name. Ask, and it will be given you. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. And whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. Matthew chapter 21, verse 22. Therefore I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, believe that you have received them, and they will be granted you. Mark chapter 11, verse 24. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Luke chapter 11, verse 13. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. John chapter 14, verse 13. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. John chapter 14, verse 14. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. John chapter 15, verse 7. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. John chapter 16, verse 23. Ask and you will receive, that your joy may be full. John chapter 16, verse 24. And whatever we ask, we receive from Him because we keep His commandments and do what pleases Him. 1 John chapter 3, verse 22. And this is the confidence that we have toward Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know He hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we asked of Him. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. You do not have because you do not ask. James chapter 4, verse 2. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. James chapter 1, verse 5. Now unto him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all we could ask or think, according to the power that works within us. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Solomon asked not for riches, the destruction of his enemies, or long life. He asks for wisdom, a discerning heart. He asks for the ability to govern and distinguish right from wrong. This request is in line with God's original intention for mankind. God wants us to seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. God is pleased with Solomon's request. He promises to give Solomon discernment in administering justice. He gives Solomon a wise heart and the promise to cause him to excel. He also says that he will add all these other things. He will give him what he did not ask for, riches and honor, and if he obeys his word, long life. God promises to distinguish Solomon's kingdom with unique glory that will foreshadow the glory of the kingdom to come. Solomon awakes and realizes this was all in a dream, but that God's promise to him was real. The gift of Solomon's wise and discerning heart was put on display in the incident of the two prostitutes who came before him with their unique dilemma. 
Both women lived in the same house and delivered baby boys within three days of each other. However, one baby died of suffocation because the mother laid on the child. She secretly places the dead baby at the breast of the other mother and takes the surviving baby back to her bed as her own. The other mother wakes up to discover a dead baby at her breast. Soon she recognizes that this is not her own and accuses the other new mother of switching the babies. This dilemma is brought before Solomon. Solomon asks for a sword. Will the real mother please stand up? He proposes that he cut the surviving child in half and give half to one and half to the other. Of course, the real mother of the child is the one who protests and would rather give the child away than kill it. The king wisely gives the ruling. Give the living baby to the first woman. Do not kill him. She is his mother. Solomon, whose name is derived from the Hebrew word shalom, meaning peace, reigns over the people of Judah and Israel in a united kingdom, a kingdom that is at peace with its neighboring nations. He arranges his chief officials, in chapter 4, verses 2 through 6, and governors, in verses 7 through 19, each one having their own delegated responsibilities and jurisdictions. The people prosper and become as numerous as the sand on the seashore, a cultural expression for innumerable abundance. A very impressive inventory of possessions is listed during this golden era of the monarchy. The symbols of prosperity in Israel are used to describe this short period of peace in their history. So Judah and Israel lived in safety, every man under his vine and his fig tree, from Dan even to Beersheba, all the days of Solomon. 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 25 This chapter also gives us insight into some of Solomon's accomplishments. He spoke 3,000 proverbs, and his songs were 1,005. He spoke of trees, from the cedar that is in Lebanon, even to the hyssop that grows on the wall. He spoke also of animals and birds and creeping things and fish. Men came from all peoples to hear the wisdom of Solomon, from all the kings of the earth who had heard of his wisdom. When we consider Solomon's kingdom and accomplishments as the high benchmarks in the Old Testament, it makes Jesus' words in the New Testament regarding himself all the more attention-grabbing. He said, The Queen of the South will rise at the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for she came from the ends of the earth to listen to Solomon's wisdom, and now one greater than Solomon is here. Matthew chapter 12, verse 42. Now let's go to the New Testament for today's reading from the book of Acts, chapter 6, verses 1 through 15. Now in these days when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. And the twelve summoned the full number of the disciples and said, It is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the Spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole gathering, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicolaus, a proselyte of Antioch. These they set before the apostles, and they prayed and laid their hands on them. And the word of God continued to increase, 
and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. And Stephen, full of grace and power, was doing great wonders and signs among the people. Then some of those who belonged to the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called, and of the Cyrenians, and of the Alexandrians, and of those from Cilicia and Asia, rose up and disputed with Stephen. But they could not withstand the wisdom and the spirit with which he was speaking. Then they secretly instigated men who said, We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and God. And they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes, and they came upon him and seized him and brought him before the council. And they set up false witnesses who said, This man never ceases to speak words against this holy place and the law. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and will change the customs that Moses delivered to us. And gazing at him, all who sat in the council saw that his face was like the face of an angel. And this is the end of our reading from the New Testament book of Acts. Acts chapter 6 describes some of the growing pains of the early church. The new assembly was reflecting ethnic diversity and ethnic tensions. As the church members lived out the gospel, they initiated a daily distribution of food, giving attention to those who were in particular need, widows who had no means of family support. However, long-held ethnic biases begin to show up in how the Hebraic Jews treat the Grecian widows. The Twelve realized that this injustice must be dealt with. It could not be ignored. Yet dealing with this growing schism and rectifying the unequal treatment of the widows would be time-consuming and require spiritual wisdom and maturity. What were they to do? The apostles could not forsake their priority task and recognize that their calling to prayerfully lead and feed the flock would be compromised if they personally took on the project of reforming the daily distribution of food and counseling those involved. And the twelve summoned the full number of the disciples and said, It is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Acts chapter 6 verse 2. The apostles asked the congregation to choose seven men from among them who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. Seven men are chosen and the task is delegated to them. Among the seven are two men whom we will hear about soon in the book of Acts, Stephen and Philip. The conflict was resolved. The apostles stick to prayer and the ministry of the word. The gospel is spread and the church grows. Luke throws in this encouraging detail. A large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Acts chapter 6 verse 7. The implication is that they were once enemies of the gospel and had been turned to the Lord through the persistent efforts of the church to pray, love, testify of Christ, and serve. Stephen is introduced as a man full of God's grace and power. Although not an apostle, his ministry is accompanied with miraculous signs. The Jews of Cyrene and Alexandria, Cilicia and Asia, members of the synagogue of freedmen, realize that they cannot stand up to the wisdom or the spirit by which Stephen spoke. They oppose Stephen by slandering his ministry, accusing him of words of blasphemy against Moses and against God. They seize Stephen and deliver him to the Sanhedrin. They produce false witnesses. Their main charges against Stephen are, number one, he speaks against the temple, number two, he speaks against the law, and number three, 
that this Jesus will destroy the temple and change the customs Moses handed down to all. Stephen will answer these three charges in his rebuttal. God willing, we'll be reading that tomorrow. Now let's go to the book of Psalms, the Bible's prayer and song book. Psalm 126, Restore Our Fortunes, O Lord, a Song of Ascents. Psalm 126, When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then they said among the nations, The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like streams in the Negeb. Those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. He who goes out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. Psalm 126 is a song about the restoration of God's people to Jerusalem after being taken into their captivity in Babylon. When the Lord brought back the captive ones of Zion, we were like those who dream. And yet, there is a sad note to the psalm, indicating that their restoration was not yet complete. Restore our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. Psalm 126, verse 4. To the south of Judea, is the barren desert region, where in the summer the streams cease to flow. So this cry for restoration is a request for the replenishing supply of living water. The psalm ends on the note of confidence. Those who sow in tears shall reap with joyful shouting. He who goes to and fro weeping, carrying his bag of seed, shall indeed come again with a shout of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. Psalm 126, verses 5 and 6, the New American Standard Bible Version. Are you hungry for wisdom? Let's go to the book of Proverbs and draw from the treasure chest. A proverb a day keeps foolishness away. Proverbs chapter 16, verses 26 and 27. A worker's appetite works for him. His mouth urges him on. A worthless man plots evil and his speech is like a scorching fire. God give us hunger for a purpose. Not only do we need food, we need productive labor. The second proverb reminds us that a man who plots slander by digging up evil on others and destroying his opponents with slander is wicked and worthless. Having read God's word today, let's go before him with thankful prayer. Father, thank you for encouraging us to ask for whatever we wish according to your revealed will. We come to you boldly, knowing that you delight in the perfection of your Son, who offered himself on our behalf, our greater Solomon, who has secured our favor. We know that you delight in our seeking first your kingdom and hearing our prayer. We believe you are our Heavenly Father and will not give us a stone when we ask for bread. So we pray that you will continue to feed us the living bread of your word and strengthen us to do the work you have assigned to us. May we bring forth fruit to your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. May we all be blessed with wisdom from above. I'm so thankful that we've been able to share this time together and we look forward to continuing our journey tomorrow. If you'd like to contact us, you can write us at podcast at newlife.org. And if you'd like to know more about New Life Community Church and its ministries, you can go to our website, newlife.org. 
There you can also subscribe to a written copy of our commentary on each day's readings from the One Year Bible. So until tomorrow, may you find your spirit fully furnished for every good work and live in the full recognition that you belong to the King of Kings and He shall reign forever. Shalom.